We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexa Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, Not Your, Your Average, Average Gun, Gun Girls. Girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, share lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. our episodes each week. We are so happy to be back here doing our thing every Wednesday. This is awesome. It's I just so love being fun. here. I know. I'm so glad to be back. I'm absolutely loving the guests that we are having. We've always had amazing guests yes. on this show, but we're just like leveling it up and it is not stopping this week. We have another fantastic, We have another amazing, amazing guest. guest. Her name is Melanie Kennedy. Can't wait for you guys to learn more about her and hear her story, but she's a military wife, homeschooling mom, author and entrepreneur. She's the founder of Corvidian Solutions and Three Ravens Wellness. She's a certified firearms instructor, range safety officer, and a certified yoga and tai chi instructor. Like, what does she not do? No kidding. Hi, hey, Melanie. What's up, Melanie? Doing great. Well, how are I'm you? dealing with humidity here near D.C., so... Well. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am all too well familiar with that DC yeah. humidity. Did it get any better when you got to Dallas? Yeah, I don't think it's bad at all. See, I I feel like my hair just continues to grow sometimes here in no. Dallas. Like the summertime, it, it, August in Dallas, especially. I, well, yes. Okay. I, I'll give you that for August, but like for the rest of the time, I'm like, no, it's fine. I think like when we first came, like we all went out to dinner and Layla was talking about humid it was. And I was like, this is not humid. <laughs> this is nothing. Oh, this is great. I got this. I'm totally good. You're, you're good with the products. I brought all the products down. So Melanie, uh, so I, I, I feel like officially met you yes. um, when we had our fa first face-to-face -face conversation not too long ago. But we talk all the time about how we have met some of the most incredible mm -hmm. women in this community of women wanting to live self-reliant, prepared lifestyles. And I believe that we've been following each other for quite a while on social media platforms. And I have always just thought you have such an interesting, eclectic group of things that you love to do. And I'm like, I gotta get to know this lady yeah. because there's not too many people that would be very outspoken about being a firearm instructor and a yoga instructor in their same bio. And so I gotta, do you get pushback at all from people within one community or the other when they see both of those titles listed you know, in your it's bio? It's interesting because it seems like a 50-50 split. Either I get a little bit of pushback where people have said things um, like, are you sure that's allowed? Are you allowed to do yoga and have a gun? And I'm like, yes. So it's actually in the Bhagavad Gita. There's a reason we have warrior pose. Um, we are prepared to defend the family and also battle within the mind, in the spirit, that kind of thing. And then on the other hand, I've actually had quite a few folks, especially ladies, who have said, I didn't know that anybody else does this. And it, it actually kind of gives me chills um, because one of my teacher trainers is also a firearms enthusiast and she just happened to slip it into her Instagram one day that she had gone to the range and I went, oh, I love you so much. Let's uh, chat. Yes, that's amazing. Instant BFF yes. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is so what what's so great about you know the community that we have built and that we continue to build and with all the new 
firearm owners and even like mm -hmm. prepared women that are entering, you know, this lifestyle is that a lot of, a lot of them are so quiet online, even in their personal lives about, you know, any type of kind of personal safety aspect that they might kind of embrace yet all you need is to find that one person and you you know that either has it in their bio or you've seen something that they've posted and you're like immediately like you know you're like you're just drawn to them you're like I want to be your friend you know we have the same things in common and let's you know kind of like yes. start build on it right let's, I think let's that's, grow that's what I love so much mm -hmm. about all of this well I just think it's so funny because so you know, talk, going back to the, the yoga community who might have a misunderstanding or a misrepresentation about firearms in general, when we've done Facebook ads, you know, a lot of people, we, we take a lot mm -hmm. of heat from women that say firearms have no place in yoga. Yoga is supposed to be a peaceful place and yada, yada. And one of the biggest things that we've always sent back is there was actually a shooting in mm -hmm. Florida that happened to a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, that is the last place that you would right. think or hope that something never would happen, but it goes to show you that you can never really be too prepared. Right. You know? And so how did you get into this whole prepared lifestyle? Is that something that you've just always been into? It, it actually has. Yeah. Um, so not only am I a military wife, but I also grew up as a military kid. So I was in Europe for nine years of my life total, three different tours of my dad's and also lived all up and down the Eastern seaboard here and in the South. And then, um, through those experiences, especially because it was Cold War era, so, you know, we, we had that fear of the red phone is going to ring and what's going to happen. And so we were always <laughs> taught, um, especially when I was overseas, things like situational awareness, things like um, having some food and water set aside because we did have chemical spills that affected our water supply. So the government in general and the military tried to put those things out like, hey, we will do what we can, but we need y'all to start at home and do this. And then coming back into that, um, when I became an adult, I was living on the Ring of Fire up near Seattle in Earthquake City, basically, and went through multiple earthquakes. And on 9-11, you know how a lot of us ask each other, 9-11, 2001, where were you? What were you doing? Um, my husband at the time, my first husband, was a police officer for a major metro area. So when I heard the news about what had happened, I basically went, who knows when he'll be home? Who knows how long I'll be alone with my six-month-old baby sitting here? And... Um, and, and who knows what kind of backup and what might happen in the area where he worked. So it really encouraged that because with an earthquake, it's not like there's a season. When I lived in, in an area where we had hurricanes, we, we had kind of a season you could narrow down just like if you're in Florida. I was in Japan, so we knew basically when to be most ready, but you can't do that with earthquakes. You can't do that with tornadoes here in the Southeast and, and mid-Atlantic states. You just never know. So that really pushed that forward further. And then later when I became a single mom, I realized how that was to my benefit 
because I had some food set aside. I had some things and I lost a little weight. I'm not going to lie, but it didn't hurt. <laughs> you know, but I was able to make sure that my, my child had what she needed and that we had some things put by for a uh, so-called rainy day. So it's kind of been always, but it's wow. really been reinforced that every little bit helps. Even if it's just some bottled water, anything is better than nothing. Does your, you said you had a, you said you had I did a at the time. Yeah. I have three kids total. Three kids now. Okay. So do your kids, sorry about that. So do your kids, how have they kind of embraced that like preparedness lifestyle? Have, has that been something you have instilled in them since they were younger or were they kind of, as they were growing up, just kind of looking around like, why do we have that well, extra, I, extra prepared things around the house? Kind of a little bit of both actually, you know, when, when they're very small, they don't realize, they just know that their parents and their caregivers are there to take care of them. And, and hopefully they're in a safe situation. Um, but then when they got a little bit older, there's actually a homeschooling curriculum that is focused specifically on preparedness. And so we did a little bit of that. Yeah, really? yeah. It's um, it's a faith based curriculum. So there were some denominational things that we didn't really tie in in, in our family, but they basically take you through. Um, how do you make some bread at home? Because what do we do? We normally, especially here in the USA, we just go buy some bread, right? Yeah. Right, and so they talk <laughs> about starting with the basics of, of um, just making a loaf of bread. And it's cool because it ties in science because, you know, yeast has to grow mm -hmm. in these things. And you've got math, all this kitchen math. But then they also had... Um, I think it was weekly, they had an animal that you would study. So things like chickens or cows. So the folks that wanted to have that more um, homesteading lifestyle, if you, if you had property, you could do things like that. If not, you learn, well, the eggs that we buy at the store, where do they come from? They come from our farmers and they take it from there. So, yeah. That's all. I did not know that that was an actual homeschooling curriculum. And I think as we're, I mean, my kids are too young to be in school right now, but homeschooling has definitely been something mm -hmm. that is on the table for call us me. for sure. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, call, call me. You. I will call you. I'm, I'm taking some notes. Call I'm taking like notes that. during all of this, um, which actually, I mean, it, because you are so prepared, do you remember some of the things that you would put like in your diaper bag that you had to have, like, what were, what, what's your diaper bag set up? You, you know, like? it's funny that you ask that. Cause I'm going to have to think for a second because my baby is now almost 15. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, the big thing, especially because my kids were, um, split in ages. So between one, there's five years and between the other two, there's six. So technology changed a little bit, but, um, the big things were, uh, especially if you were formula feeding, having extra formula. Um, and then in the instance, if you're a breastfeeding mom, then having some extra water, just a water bottle tucked in the diaper bag. Obviously it could be made for making formula or it could be for mom. Okay. And then, um, of course, extra diapers, whether you're using cloth or disposables, you would want to have a few extra. I do have a friend who's very brave. I've always given her kudos. She would stick one of those little travel packs of wipes and a diaper in her pocket and just go. And I was like, I, I, I can't wow. do it. I just, I can't get past. I have to have my, my 
<laughs> my supplies. <laughs> but even just the things like, um, even if I thought I'd be gone for an hour or two, I still made sure that I had one extra bottle, an extra diaper, especially because sometimes it's for somebody else. You know, it's, um, it's, mm -hmm. and the same thing for women. Sometimes our supplies, our hygiene items might not be for us. It might be for somebody else that has run out and needs something. So those, um, I made sure that I had a spare, a spare outfit, um, and that was essential because at a festival, my son made full use of his diaper and we needed the spare outfit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've heard the spare outfit. I, I think oh, like that's yeah. the standard, mm -hmm. but I think that's an interesting perspective. Like I know, like you were talking about how, you know, as an adult, like sharing kind of like our hygiene items with our friends, mm -hmm. things like that, like that, that's normal. But like, I never thought about like having to have those extras for another child, which I think is great. Because mm -hmm. I think when I know, you know, obviously you and like all my other mom friends who have diaper bags, like it's like the stuff that they need for their specific situation and their child. I've never thought like, Are you going to oh, start yeah. carrying around some extra clothes for I can, my kids? If, I can if you need me to. Yeah. You say the word. I'm on it. I mean, she's got some super cute <laughs> bags. Emily's got a cute outfit in there <laughs> yeah. for you, honey. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> she's got you covered. <laughs> She's got you covered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, cause that's obviously like things that you, you do, you have to have like everything. And I even put, uh, like my Benadryl mm -hmm. in there. I never know when they're going to have an allergic reaction. In the, yeah. Like speaking mm -hmm. of Benadryl, like within like the diaper bag, what type of, are there any other safety type items you keep in there or any type of uh, like a, maybe like a first mm -hmm. aid kit or some type of, you know, emergency preparedness item that goes along with that would be something you wouldn't want to leave home without. You know, that, that's a great point is the first aid kit. You can put together just a small first aid kit that like Amy mentioned, have some Benadryl in there, especially if you have any suspicion of say bee venom allergies mm -hmm. or sensitivities. Um, and adult and child, because we would want with little ones, we would need liquid, right? We would need drops. But you can also take, say, a spare little makeup pouch and throw some Band-Aids, a little bottle of uh, or a tube of Neosporin, things like that. Because when they get to that toddler stage and up, we're looking at things more like falling and scraping a knee or an elbow or... Um, maybe have some kind of nonstick mm. gauze. So if they fall, if they hit their chin or whatever, we can apply pressure and stop the bleed. And then we can decide, do we need to clean, bandage, et cetera. So little things like that can just be tossed in a small bag. They don't weigh a lot and they can be tucked right in the diaper bag, a purse, a briefcase even. So for our, our folks that don't have kids, they can still do things like that. Um, the other thing that I always tried to have was some of those little mini tweezers, which a lot of the people that are real fashion yeah. forward have that anyway, right? But um, for splinters or again, bee stings, because we're looking at is a stinger left in the skin? Do we need to get that out with say a credit card or a, a set of tweezers? Those are all great. I know. I'm like right, mentally taking notes right now. I'm like non-stick gauze. Right. I would have like thought would... about that nonstick yes. gauze, but that makes so much sense. I mean, that's great. I think those things are even items that as like, whether you have a child or not, like you need to check your first aid kit and put those things in. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think too is great. There's also like, I know a lot of companies who like to make their own, um, 
or people who like to make their own first aid kits. And there are also a lot of companies that make really um, good compact ones that you can just easily like throw in, throw in your bag and things like that. But I think having to create something very specific for um, your child, especially if your child has like what you were saying, like some kind of bee allergy or, or something to kind of help combat that. It's just, I think it's things that mm-hmm. people without kids don't have to think about don't as think much. About it. I hey, mean, but you could still get stung with yes, by a bee. Yes. And we probably should be thinking about those yes. things regardless, oh, totally. you know, but, but just, just in don't. general, it's like, I think, you know, you think of personal safety for yourself and what you need. And then when you have, then you have the responsibility of another human being of mm-hmm. your child that you have to think about and the kinds of things that could potentially happen to, to them. It adds an extra level of mm-hmm. just, I don't want to say worry, but like just that extra level of planning and like, Oh, how, how much more do I need to be prepared? Yep. Well, mm-hmm. I want to shift gears real fast because I'm so interested in hearing about your experience as a firearm trainer and a yoga instructor. Do you ever have people that come to one of those classes that maybe have a bad experience, have had a bad experience with a firearm or some traumatic experience that makes them very hesitant to getting out on the range and learning about firearms? And if so, how do you deal with that? So I actually, I have, um, one of the things, the reason I became a firearms instructor was because I was asked to lead the chapter in my area back when we lived in Arizona of the Well-Armed Women, which is now Armed Women of America. Phenomenal organization. But in order to be a chapter leader, you do need to be a certified leader Mm -hmm. instructor. So there's a process to that. And After completing that process, once we got our chapter up and rolling, I actually had several women who are um, abuse survivors. And so the natural inclination for me personally, having been through, let's just call it a rough childhood, um, was to just take my time and ask them, do you want to do this? Or do you want to just watch me? Because when we're at the range and we have a live fire situation, there's a lot of stimuli coming at us, right? When you're already concerned because you're doing this for your personal safety um, as a survivor, you're already being bombarded with so many things. So to add in the noises, the smells, the people, maybe there's a bunch of strangers on your firing line, right? Maybe you're brand new at all of this. So it started out with just give them time because I know I personally, when I learned to shoot, it was a, yeah, you know, it was very empowering and, you know, but I've noticed not everybody is that excited and like, whoa, I did it. I can handle myself now. Some people are like, whoa, am I allowed to do this? Is this okay? This is really scary. Especially if they come from a, um, a family culture where guns are bad, guns are not okay, or even things that are non-lethal. Like this is just not okay to have this in their mind. So the beginning of it was very just trying to be patient and think, how would I want someone to teach me this, to give me that time? But then, um, and Amy, I think we discussed this recently. I recently went through a yoga teacher training called Yoga Fit for Warriors which is focused on helping folks who are dealing with the the symptoms of PTSD, dealing with post-traumatic stress and 
these special issues that come up with that depending on what someone has been through. And it started out here in the military community. The uh, teacher trainer who created this curriculum actually was a lieutenant colonel in the uh, in the Air Force, I believe it was. And she wrote this coming at it from the military perspective, using research that's come out through Walter Reed Medical and other organizations. And what was noticed was these things transfer over for other trauma survivors. And especially people who have been through domestic violence situations or uh, sexual assault. So going through that training introduced me to a lot more techniques and not claiming experthood here <laughs> because I'm still learning about it diving in since February, but learning about things like polyvagal theory and how we can work from helping someone get from that fight or flight, which is a big thing on the range. Again, we've got these noises, we've got these things that we want to jump away from. Moving into the more the parasympathetic nervous system where it's, it's rest and digest. So we can get calm, we feel safe. We're using trauma-informed language that it doesn't have judgment. It's just, where are you now? Where would you like to be? How can we get you there in a manner that you feel safe? So it carries across mm -hmm. so many things. It, it could be anything from the range to being in, in, in the yoga studio, not using certain terms or moving into certain poses, oh. all the way to just in the classroom. Teachers can use That's this so information. That's so interesting. So just yeah, great stuff. I think that goes to show you how much mindset kind of plays part mm -hmm. in like an entire life. So what would be, I'm curious, like for someone going onto the range, whether, you know, they, they're, ha they're dealing with trauma or just maybe a first time, or like for me, my first time at the range was, I, I did not like it. Um, so I'm just curious. And even, even now, like, you know, stepping back into a range, especially if I'm going into an indoor range, like there, you know, those, um, kind of, sensory things happening outside of my lane are easily causing, you know, me to be distracted. And I know for new people that can be the same thing. So what would be like a technique or something somebody could do to kind of, to put them at ease, you know, if they are going for the first time, because a lot of people do go for the first time, you know, with their husbands and not that anything is wrong with that, but a lot of times, you know, they go with somebody who, who also isn't as um, experienced, you know, um, shooting a firearm or, or even, you know, training or showing mm -hmm. somebody what to do. So what could some, what could someone do like when they're getting ready to, to, to go to the range to kind of like mentally prepare and kind of put their own like fears, try to help ease that fear? Well, I would say, um, starting with the noises, especially, and also the movements, if a person has the opportunity, maybe watch some videos ahead of time so that they can understand that there's going to be noises, there's going to be brass flying, there's going to be the smells, especially in an indoor range, things that they're not accustomed to, right? And then also, if you're going with a friend, my first suggestion is ask if you can just watch. Don't feel obligated to, oh, I have to overcome my fears right this minute today, everything. 
Take some time to just stand back, be behind the firing line and just watch your friend, your spouse, whoever it is, and the other shooters. Because this is also a way for us to learn um, safety. Just speaking as a range safety officer, the more distracted and the more upset a person is, the more likely we have an opportunity where we might have mm-hmm. a safety With this type of training that you're doing with these women um, that um, have past traumas, was this like a, cer- a special certification that you had to get to become this type of trainer? Or is it just something that you're personally incorporating into your training? It's, it's just something personal. Um, my actual certifications are through the USCCA and the NRA, and they are mm-hmm. just your average certifications Gosh. that they offer. The additional trauma-informed is, is that personal. They, yeah. That was like a new level of certification or something because like- They could incorporate people, that as like a module into So that into people that. knew, hey, I, I am personally dealing with this, and I want to find a specific trainer who- no, has been trained uh, mm-hmm. to deal with somebody like me because we have all had those experiences where we go to a range and this mm-hmm. is not an indictment on the men instructors that are there, but just sometimes they have, they're very one minded, yes. single minded as to how they instruct and how they teach. And it can be extremely intimidating for somebody that's brand new to mm-hmm. this. So it would be kind of nice to have a nice little certification next to a trainer's name so that we knew who we could go to. So maybe... Maybe you could write that curriculum or give the, yeah. give some training. Maybe something that, to you do, know? yeah. You know, for for people who have had yeah. traumatic experience and they want to, if something has happened to them and they want to go, you know, choose to learn how to um, defend themselves with a firearm, you know, I think having that, knowing that there is somebody that is certified with that, that specific skill awesome. set, I think could be game changer for them. Maybe we just created an entirely Absolutely. new I think, I, I think training. So. Yeah, we, uh, I, I think so. we have a plan. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, because it, it actually, that certification is something that in the yoga and wellness industry that we do actually look for and folks can look that up and say, hey, this person has this certification or studios in general, if they require that of all of their teachers, they'll say, you know, we're trauma aware or we're trauma sensitive. Gosh, that'd be so so those key words we're literally would be missing amazing. that in the firearm yeah. industry. And I've we don't are. think I've ever thought about that before, but man, that could really be extremely helpful to a lot of people I think that so because mm-hmm. everyone Well, especially because in our industry we do have classes um, well, you do have nonprofits like A Girl and a Gun and Armed Women of America that are female focused, but in in the general paid courses, we do have instructors who make the effort and they say we have women only classes and we have co-ed classes. So they're trying, mm-hmm. they're really, really trying to create that comfort zone. And that is phenomenal. That's something I'm so grateful for because some folks need that. They're not at that point where they can advocate for themselves. And if, you know, some fella three lanes down at the range is coming over and going, Hey, little lady, shoot this way and do that. They're not at the point where they feel comfortable saying, thank you, Mm -hmm. but I've got this, you know, Hey, do you mind if I come look at what you're shooting and just watch you and then going back to their own lane when they're ready? It's hard to do. So if we had some folks who could say, Hey, not only am I aware of, um, 
not what you've been through specifically, but I'm aware of things that happen to folks and I'm prepared to help you work through that at your speed, but also to be able to say, I understand the language and I understand the, even the, the physical movements that can hopefully create a safer feeling for you. So you can just find the Zen on the range and just get into your zone and how do you find your zen on the range melanie i mean no really seriously because there is so much to the breeding and the mindset how do you incorporate your yoga practice into when you go to the firearm range you know, it's really funny because anybody that shoots um, rifles has probably heard about box breathing or some folks call it seal breathing, but you know, the, the four count and those kind of things that's actually originally based in a yogic breathing. So in what's called pranayama, it's a type of breathing and God bless the seals. They incorporated it and took it to the next level. But it, that's actually one of the things that we can do, especially if it's one of those days that the range is super busy, everybody's out there, the weather is beautiful or the weather's crappy, so they're at the indoor range. <laughs> when you've got so many things going on, don't touch your gun. Just take a moment, look at your target and get centered. Just breathe, you know, take a few breaths, inhale, exhale, Think about your intentions for, we could call it your practice, your range day, and then pick up our pistol, pick up our rifle, then load. Moving with some mindfulness as opposed to rushing through. Again, we go to the safety issue, right? If we're rushing, we're not necessarily quite as safe, but um, just moving with mindfulness can help us find that zen on the range because we can just get on target, press the trigger, and wait. We don't have to <laughs> unload the entire magazine, right? We can just stay on target, stay in our, in our stance, keep our grip, and go, <sighs> okay, take another shot. We can move through those things, and what do we say in this industry? We hear it so frequently. You know, fast is smooth, slow is fast. You know, we hear this. It, it's true, though. If we are moving slowly and with mindfulness, then we can start to speed things up. We start to get in the groove. And the next thing we know, our time has flown by. And we're like, oh, it's like a spa day. <laughs> I'm like, covered in I'm lead. telling you, <laughs> Melanie, like that whole thing as a class would do wonders. And I don't, and I don't mean just for, for women who are already like into firearms. Like, I think like that's a whole new way to kind of bring mm -hmm. more women into, you know, learning about personal safety. Cause that, I mean, I want to take, I want to take that's what, we class. that's what we do at our event. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like a, a yoga class right before our, Ooh, make we'll, notes on that. Yeah. Got it. We're, we're making all kinds of notes from, from this episode. Well, <laughs> okay. I'll expect a lot of phone calls. No, but I can, I can imagine actually... too that if you are living with that type of mindset mm -hmm. and intentionality that you're taking with you to your practice, that should you ever find yourself in a situation where you do need to use your defensive tool to protect yourself and your life, that you mm -hmm. are going to be more focused on 
taking care of yourself and, and your family, maybe getting out of the situation, or if God forbid you did have to use your, your firearm or, or your self-defense tool that you're already there. I mean, because you, you really do need to kind of be in that calm headspace prior to pulling your weapon. I mean, cause there's so many things that you have to think about. You got to know your target. You got to know what's beyond your target. You have to, you're, you're working, moving around mm-hmm. people and getting kids out of the way. I mean, there's so many things to think through that if you just practice constantly and right. th- that intentionality, I feel like that would benefit you through every your area mind's of your already life. Mm-hmm. Able to kind of start processing what's happening in a, yeah. In a Zen like way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's, it's no different. I don't think too, like if I have an emergency with my kids, if I am more, if I've thought through some of those things that could potentially happen throughout the day with my kids, when, when, cause it will happen. They're going to fall. They're going to bust. They're going to hit their head. I am going, the more calm I can stay in that situation, the better off it's going to be for me to handle the situation, mm-hmm. uh, to take care of it quickly, accurately, and get them the help that they need. And so, I mean, it goes beyond just the firearms. This literally can spill over into every single area of your life. And that's why that's so important. And also in your recovery, too. So one of the things when we're looking at post-traumatic stress, a lot of this comes into the resilience of the mind and how quickly can we go. Obviously, we can go from zero to 60 really quickly, right? How smoothly can we get back down from 60 to zero? If we have that resilience, if we have that ability to go, okay, got the tiger attack, tiger's gone calm down. I'm okay. Baby's okay. What happened? You know, we can lower that opportunity for it to be a Mm -hmm. long-term trauma. Okay. Um, there's actually a book called in an unspoken voice. And this doctor was studying basically how the body releases trauma and how we can work through those things. He comes at it from a therapist standpoint of helping folks release old trauma and moving forward, being resilient, how can they, okay, they went from zero to 60, bringing it back down, breathing through it perhaps, or perhaps having scripting, like, like you said, um, you know, going, this could happen. Mm -hmm. What will I do about it? Then how will I recover from it? And as firearms instructors, one of the things that we we know, and you know, in, in my training, it's made very clear to our students of, should you, God forbid, ever be in a use of force situation, there are going to be ramifications of that. And one of those is your mental health, your emotions and processing these things, putting aside all the legal and that kind of thing. How are you going to handle what mm. you just had to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's traumatic. It's scary. It's it's hard. It's emotional, right? So if we have incorporated some of those um, those mindfulness practices, we can also be more aware of of our own selves and go, okay, I'm still feeling this. At what point do I need to go look for some help? Bring in a professional who can help me process this. Or am I doing okay? What's my my state mm-hmm. this week? how was I last week? And we're proceeding through that. So it, it's a lot of self-knowledge again, whether we're on the range or off. So good. I love it. And I mean, again, this, 
whole notion of living a prepared life is something that you eat, sleep, breathe, and also write about. So tell our audience some of the places that they can go to find some of your writing, because you really do write some amazing in-depth articles, not just on, on firearm and yoga practices and prepared, but, but true preparedness in all areas of life. So where can people go and find some of those articles that you've written? Well, so first of all, they can go through my entire portfolio on my website, um, which is Melanie, M-E-L-O-N-I-E-K.com. Um, and that has links to anything that's still available, say, on the Internet or through back issues of magazines. But the main folks right now that have my work are The Organic Prepper, Daisy Luther, she's wonderful. She's got so much to learn and lots of writers you can learn about all these things from. And then also Morgan at Rogue Preparedness. I know she's a <laughs> big Alexa fan. I know you. I see that name on, on social media yeah, all the time. Yes. yes. I know y'all <laughs> slipping into the DMs there. So, <laughs> But yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, I actually had the honor of editing one of her eBooks that she put out last year. And she's, she's a great resource, especially looking uh, for folks looking for information for family preparedness, you know, talking about the kids. She and her husband incorporate the kids a lot and pets. That's one of the areas we bonded over was making sure the dogs have their food. And um, so those two websites, roguepreparedness.com and theorganicprepper.com are the two that have the most That's of fantastic. my work right now. Well, Melanie, we are so appreciative that you came on the show today to talk about this. Again, if you want to dive even more into this, preparedness is such a popular topic yes. now. Like we are seeing more and more accounts and articles and things like I would have never even thought about. There's um, so much. Like so much preparedness out there that you can do. Yes. You can take it to the extreme. Yes, you absolutely can. And so if this has piqued your interest in any shape, form or fashion, you can definitely check out those websites. We will put links to those as well. And to your website too, Melanie, because I think you're just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, and are. I think this so many of our, of our women and men that are listening to this will get so much out of that. I so think you're going to get people sliding into your, into your DMS about those, those Zen, <laughs> those Zen classes. I'm going to be one of them. Yes, <laughs> ab absolutely. Melanie. Well, we appreciate it. Thank Thank you so much for taking yeah, time to come on the show. Thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. If you guys are watching on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and hit that notification button. And also, we would appreciate if you leave a review on Apple iTunes. It's such a free way to help support our show. We love you guys. Thank you for watching. And until next week. See you later. See you later. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girl's Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.